Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. If you're taking notes today, the title of my small sermon or life advice from 2021 is Goals and God. The biggest lesson I learned in 2021 is that you can't score a goal without a goal. You can't score a goal without a goal. What does that mean? Well, if you've ever played any type of sport that has a a net, a goal or a hoop, you've probably seen someone at some point pick up the goal and either turn it around or run away with it. As a middle child with two brothers, I've both seen and used this strategy many times. And I can tell you, you can't score a goal without the goal. So the biggest lesson I learned this year isn't that you should pick up your goal and run away with it or turn it around. No, it's that in order to grow and progress, we need to try to set goals for ourselves. They gave us purpose and things to accomplish and be proud of. Now you may be thinking, Toby, that's great, but what does that have to do with faith and spirituality? Why are we talking about this during a church service? That's a good question. Put simply, we see some of the biggest faith developments in biblical characters due to spiritual goals. For example, we see Abraham in Genesis 12 verse 1 being given a goal by God to become a new nation. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Abraham's story is full of his lack of trust in God, and yet ultimately uh, he trusts God with the life of his own son. He's been given a goal that grew his trust in him. In Exodus 3.10, God spoke to Moses saying, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Despite his fear of public speaking and his unwillingness to serve, God gave Moses a goal that grew his leadership abilities and his trust in him. We see the Apostle Paul, who was originally Saul, the persecutor of Christians, filled with the Holy Spirit and given the goal, like many Christians, of the Great Commission to go out and spread the good news of the saving grace of God, who sent his only son to die on a cross so we could have a relationship with him. And Paul goes on to become one of the most influential contributors to the Bible we have today. Even Jesus was given goals. His goals were those of the prophets of the Old Testament. Jesus didn't just decide one day to quit being a carpenter and to start preaching. No, he was living up to hundreds of years of promises, prophecy, and waiting. So how does this help us as Christians? How do we discover goals that push us to grow in faith and trust in the Lord, like in these Bible stories we hear in Sunday school? Well, we start with the most valuable tool we as Christians have, the Bible. Read the Bible, it's full of these spiritual goals that we should strive to live up to. Of course, there's the Great Commission, which I just mentioned. There's also the Ten Commandments, there's marital and interpersonal goals, and even financial goals. They're all there to give us direction. I think it's important that we spend time reading the Bible to discover these goals and try to learn more about God and how we can live more like Him. If you're taking notes, this leads me into my first point. Try to set goals to find more spiritual goals. Try to set goals to find more spiritual goals. In other words, try making a goal revolving around the idea of reading your Bible. Start small. Try reading to find an interesting idea or a concept that you haven't thought of. Try reading, you know, to find the message behind one passage a day and then try and dwell on that throughout the day. Make it a goal not just to read the Bible, but to try to understand the meaning of the words, even if you have to take it slowly and in small portions. This is one of the areas that I found a lot of growth in personally, as I learned to listen to what goals God had for me to grow as a Christian. Up until this year, I had trouble following devotionals and reading the Bible. I always told, you know, I always, like many Christians, told myself I should be able to read the Bible from cover to cover, but I'd always get stuck in Leviticus. 
Then I tried reading with the aim of trying to just get through one book of the Bible by reading until, and, until I found a passage that challenged me, brought up a concept that I hadn't thought of, surprised me, surprised me, interested me, or just fully confused me. Then I tried to work through that passage until I could understand it and remember it throughout the day. And let me tell you, it is slow going, but I've learned far more this year than when I was glazing through the Bible trying to read five pages a day. I've learned this year to set goals for myself to read the Bible, to discover God's goals for me to grow as a Christian. But you know, the Bible is just the starting point for us. Sure, if we read the Bible, we might know a lot about past Christians, how they lived and how we should emulate them. But I think that can be a little bit impersonal. I think as Christians, we should try to learn what God specifically wants us to grow in, because we're all different and we all need to grow in different areas of faith. But it can be hard enough just to read the Bible. So where are we supposed to go to find these next steps in setting goals to grow our relationship with God? Well, there's a very simple answer, prayer. And this is my second point if you're taking notes. Godly goals come from God. We need to talk to him to build our relationship with him. And like any relationship, the more we talk and spend personal time with him, the stronger our relationship will be. Often in the Bible, we see people disconnecting from those around them uh, to spend some time alone with God in prayer. We see Moses spending sometimes days alone on mountains uh, praying. We see Daniel locking himself in his room for three times a day to pray. He also you know, gets locked up with lions to pray, but that's another story. We also see Jonah being forced to spend some personal time with God in the belly of a fish. Even Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed to find restoration in the Lord and to question God about his mission. I think sometimes we skip over this. Even Jesus questioned the goals he was given. He knew he had to die on the cross. And yet ultimately, you know, he asked if there was another way. Jesus was human like us and he sets the example. We need to pray to understand our given goals and to build our relationship with God. But prayer, like reading the Bible, can be complicated for many Christians. What are we allowed to say? What are we supposed to ask for? What are we allowed to ask for? How long are we supposed to pray for? How many times a day are we supposed to pray? You know, these are all, all, the, all these questions that we have. As Jaden said in his sermon a few months ago, keep it simple, stupid, or kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Um, one of my youth pastors once told me that a good way to start praying is to think of them as tweets to God. Prayer does not have to be long or complicated. It can be very, very simple. Just start with a sentence. Uh, thank him for that good night's sleep you had last night. Praise him for that coffee that you managed to get from Little Victories. Or even just ask him for patience with that one coworker you have. Or, or tell him what's worrying you and then leave it with him. Prayer goals are very simple. You know, they're even more simple than Bible reading goals. Uh, they can be as simple as uh, making it a priority to pray for your day ahead during your morning commute. Or even just uh, praying for others while you do a warm-up for your workout, or uh, thanking God for the amazing weather we have in Canada while you're out for a run. Prayer is a powerful thing. I found this year that by making it a goal to pray, I've become more appreciative of the time I have to pray. I thoroughly enjoy praying now because I can use it as A, a time to pray for uh, those around me, uh, B, praise and thank God, and C, tell them about all my many woes as a biomedical student during a pandemic. Prayer is restorative. Think of it like sending a letter to a friend or family member who you haven't seen in a while. It brightens God's day to open and read your letters because he actively wants to be a part of your life. He wants to open your letters and read them every day. He wants to hear from you. He wants to know what troubles you so he can bring you healing and bring you comfort. We need to make it a goal to send letters to God. 
If you're listening and thinking, you know, oh boy, Toby, sounds great, but I don't know if I have the dedication to read the Bible every day, always look for interesting ideas, always find the meaning of the words in the Bible, always pray, always thank God, always pray for others, and, 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 and. Well, again, I'll say the answer is simple. Surround yourself with spiritual encouragement. This is my third point, if you're taking notes, I'll say it again for you. Surround yourself with spiritual encouragement. Try to surround yourself with those who will hold you accountable, with those who will remind you of your spiritual goals and even suggest new or different ones. If you're joining us today, you've already made that first step in uh, surrounding yourself with other driven Christians who will encourage and support your growth. Uh, a next step would be to join a group or a team or even just one of the uh, many running clubs Logo has. Um, being reminded that I can meet with other driven Christians through the AV and muscle team every week, every other week with groups, or even just the occasional run with the Soulmates Running Club has been really encouraging this year as I learned how to improve my devotionals and my relationship with God through prayer. So again, I'll just go through my points. Again, one more time for you. Uh, try, to set more, try to set goals to find more spiritual goals. Godly goals come from God and surround yourself with spiritual encouragement. Seeing as it's New Year's and we start to think about New Year's resolutions, I'd like you to prayerfully consider joining a group or a team or even just making one spiritual goal to work towards in 2022. The biggest lesson I learned this year is that if you actively work towards the goals God has given you, he will help you accomplish them. Um, in, uh, with, with Abraham, when he was sent out to become a new nation by God, he wasn't sent out to do that all alone, no. God promised Abraham in Genesis 12 verse two, I will make you into a great nation and I will make you a blessing. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. God helped Abraham accomplish the goals he'd given him. Uh, when Moses doubted his abilities to speak to Pharaoh and to lead the Israelites, in Exodus 3:12, God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. God helped Moses accomplish the goals he'd given him, and God will help you accomplish the goals he gives you. It never really occurred to me to make these spiritual goals uh, for New Year's, but you know, last year, as I was uh, making goals to generally try to be more healthy and eat less junk food like most people do, I felt the nagging sense that I was missing something. So I made two spiritual goals to go along with my physical goals. My goals were to try to pray more and to try to read the Bible, less to get through it and more to understand it. And I thank God I did because this year has been incredibly enriching for my uh, relationship with God. If goals are God-given, He will help you with them. He won't leave it all up to you. He will give you the strength, the patience, and the growth you need to accomplish the goals he set for you. So again, just gonna throw it out there. Start asking God what goals he has for you for 2022. Hey Church, this is Sabrina, and today I'll be sharing around what is my biggest lesson of 2021. And when the church first asked me to share around this, uh, a lot of things came up because 2021 was a very crazy year for most of us. I think we were hit with the unexpected. A lot of situations came up that we had to react quickly to, learn quickly to, uh, from, and we had to practice or apply practical lessons very quickly. Being very like impulsive and I like to act on things really quickly, I think that practical lessons are perfect because I can just start now. And I live in extreme so I can either do them or not do them. But weirdly enough, and 2021 was a weird year. My biggest lesson of 2021 actually rests in the in-between. It's not easily checked off and it's something that you constantly have to walk in. 
My biggest lesson of 2021 is patience. If you grew up in church or if you did not, patience is something that was introduced to you at a very young age, either as a virtue or as a fruit of the Spirit. And your kids from local kids will be able to tell you that. In Galatians 5, 22 to 23, it says, The Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. I think that over time we've seen patience as a fruit of virtue that is very mostly applied in the context of relationships. Maybe because in this definition it implies suffering, enduring, or waiting as a determination of the will and not something that you have to live under necessity. And uh, we're there, we're like, mm, who makes us endure, suffer, and wait? Probably people, or because it is also the clearest picture that you can draw of, of patience. Whenever you have to wait for someone, or better yet put, whenever you have to wait for me, um, 2022, new year, new me, um, I'm gonna be on time now. Or when Karen, blonde hair, Bob, brown highlights, my course bag, big glasses, pulls up at your work and says, you're gonna lose me as a customer. And in your mind, you're like, I really hope I do, but, you try to be patience, patient and you try to like attend to her needs. And I think that's something that we've learned over time to really be patient in our relationships. So lately I was at a friend's house and I asked her a question uh, that I like to ask my friends, which is what is a revelation uh, that you have, you've had lately? And she shared around Moses, which was really, really good. And then I shared around Malachi 4. And I've come to realize that um, most beautiful imagery or blessing in the Bible, actually when you look either, either at Genesis from the very start of the book, creation, or for, from the, at the very end of the book, revelation and the return uh, of Christ, we can really see that um, it takes time. Most blessing and beautiful imagery takes time and require our patience. And I've come to realize that patience is not only a virtue, that is mostly applied in relationship and in the context of community, but it, it is also a way of life. So if you give me a couple minutes, I can give you three, tip, three tips to live patience as a lifestyle. The first one is renew your mind. The fruits of the Spirit are a visible outward manifestation of the Spirit of God within us, which also in its early days renews our mind. And when we look at Ephesians 4, 21 to 24, it says, If indeed you heard about him and were taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, you were taught with reference to your former way of life, to lay aside the old man who is being corrupted in accordance with deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new man who has been created in God's image in righteousness and holiness that comes from truth. When we look at our culture, our very fast culture full of consumerism, we're really not very taught to wait and patience is not really a practice that we have to apply in our everyday life. But um, even when we do have to wait is eventually to gain something. And even there, Amazon Prime is kind of killing the whole thing. Do you really have to wait if you have to wake up to a package the next day? But what we have to do as Christians to lay aside and to lay um, that culture, that fast culture aside and to actually be renewed in our mind and accept the kingdom culture. To actually step in to what God um, does. And God is in the business of time. If he could have saved us in a heartbeat but sent his son for 33 years, I think he wanted to put emphasis on the importance of patience and of taking our time. 
The second one is accept being wrong. In a very fast world, automated and ruled with technology, we are often put in a position when we are wrong. Uh, or even in a position where we require to wait until um, be patient. When we need friends, we only have to click a button and we're friends with someone on Facebook. Whenever we need food, Uber Eats got you, you have a meal on your table in 30 minutes. And I think that whenever there's an issue with either of those platforms, with any pro process, most of the time those processes are wrong and we stand, end up still uh, staying right. And I think that um, it doesn't, it's not an accurate representation of life in itself. Life takes time and most of the time it does prove us wrong. In a culture where we are not used to be wrong, whenever life does show us we are, uh, instead of just accepting it, uh, we try to disprove and deconstruct the, that very concept that is trying to prove us wrong. Whenever we have to try this new spiritual discipline and it is not working out, we end up thinking, mm, maybe we're still right and maybe the concept in itself is wrong, instead of thinking that it requires our time and our patience. We try to deconstruct it and prove it wrong so we can stay in a position of righteousness. But patience is an act of grace. And sometimes we do need to be put in this position in order to experience and practice the undeserving. Point number three is that it is patient, patience is ultimately for his glory. I think the most beautiful thing about patience is that in its purest form, it's an act of surrender. It's letting go of control and letting someone greater step in. And I think that 2021 did hit us with curveballs. And some of us lost many in our world and some lost job insecurity and were confronted with insecurity and instability in ways that we've never seen before. Some of our relationships lasted, some of our relationships did not last the test. And now 2022 is here and I don't wanna to lie to you and tell you that it won't come with challenges and that it will not require of your patience. But I can tell you that if you wait and see, it will all be for his glory. So this year, for the mountains that will move and the ones that won't, uh, so you can climb them, for the mountaintops that will, that you'll get to rejoice on and the ones that will only give you a glimpse of what's to come in the promised land, for the weary roads that you have to travel and the valleys of the shadow of death, here is something to hold close to your heart and to hold dearly. And Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Be blessed. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.